a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back Rebels and Imperials to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. We got the whole crew together for the first time in three months, which is insane. So, I'm, yeah, isn't it crazy? Uh, <laughs> I am Brian with me, as always, are Matt and Liz, and um, we are here to talk about the book of Boba Fett. Now, we are recording this on January 27th, and so the fifth episode just dropped, but we're going to go back to the beginning and talk about the series as a whole so far. But before we do that, Last year's Mandalorian finale was one of the most crazy episodes of Star Wars TV ever produced. I would I would say that next week's Book of Boba Fett might be the most anticipated episode of Star Wars TV ever made. Uh, but I would say that, like, retroactively, that's probably the most important or the most sort of uh, momentous episode of Star Wars TV that has ever been there both mm-hmm. because of the separation of Grogu and Din and also because of Luke and because of uh, Din getting the Darksaber and all that. So it was this huge episode, but it ends with a teaser of the Book of Boba Fett, of Boba Fett and Fennec Shand killing Bib Fortuna and taking Jabba's throne. When that happened, I think all of us were, let's call it optimistic, because... The Mandalorian in its first two seasons, I mean, you can quibble with certain things, but I think on the in the broad strokes, they're incredibly enjoyable episodes, and they did some really fun stuff. So I think even if you're not a huge Boba Fett fan, the idea of another series from the folks behind The Mandalorian was one that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I also think the, the, the idea of could they make Boba Fett something different and something more was also interesting. So... Before we talk about the series as a whole, like a year ago, what were you guys feeling about the series? Liz, we'll start with you. What, what were you thinking about the series when it was announced? I I guess I wasn't really sure what to think would happen with Boba Fett since he was generally a character shrouded in mystery. And I think since most of the characterization we had regarding Boba Fett so far, um, you know, the fact that he was fairly silent, fairly stoic. We never, you know, saw too much of his face was comparable to what we saw within the Mandalorian already. So, you know, I guess I was curious about how Boba Fett would be characterized or perhaps separated from, you know, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, who we just got to know already. Um, And just to see, you know, I know Fennec Shan was introduced, um, perhaps how their relationship would progress. Matt, what about you? What was your, uh, what what was your initial thought for this? Um, I, I think my initial thought was I audibly booed um, <laughs> and then because I, I hated Boba Fett. Um, I thought he was just, a, you know, low grade getting his ass kicked, but everyone worshipped him regardless. Um, I assume that the show 
I was going to go into it with an open mind. I assumed it was going to be some sort of weird fan service. Um, I would hate it and the internet would love it. Um, and holy shit, was I wrong? Um, no, the internet did not love it. <laughs> no, no. It. Uh, we will get to this, but a writer said it was worse than polio. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, that yeah. that was uh, Drew Maggery of Defector and SF Gate, who I actually think is a very good writer. I actually still have not read that article, um, which I, I've been meaning to do for a while now. But I, I would say that that was probably purposefully hyperbolic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but generally, there hasn't been, there hasn't really been a, a, a slew of good reviews for this. No, no. People it, are very, very mad, and. Um, yeah, I I I tried going into it with an open mind. That was what I um my thought going into it, trying to go blank slate as possible. Yeah, I've been trying to stay away from other reading other reviews just because I, I don't know. And I, I I wasn't sure if they were negative or not. I've just mm-hmm. been talking to I guess other people I know about it and I, they seem uh maybe perhaps a little more positive than maybe mm-hmm. what the reviews are. Yeah. I well, Brian, what did you, what did what were you going into it with before we jump into yeah. the reactions? Well, so I, I, you know, I am old enough that when I think of Boba Fett, I just basically think of the original trilogy. You know, I was a grown ass man by the time I watched the Clone the Clone Wars and got sort of more like into the mythology of that character and sort of saw saw the character as more than just like the guy who's in, you know, eight minutes of Star Wars films or whatever. But so I, I, I didn't I don't have maybe the visceral dislike that you do, Matt. But mm-hmm. I also would not consider like, I have a couple of friends who are right around my age who love Boba Fett. They just they just thought like when they were kids that he looked so cool. I think those people, um more almost to a person, were old enough to have seen the Empire Strikes Back without seeing Return of the Jedi, right? People who are, like, just a little bit older than I am who could have – because Jedi came out in 83 when I was one. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like these people who are maybe, like, seven or eight years older than I am who could have gone to the theater to see Empire Strikes Back saw this, like, super cool bounty hunter character who looked dope and whose ship flew facing forward or facing, like you, – you know what I'm saying. Flew weirdly mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And people were just super into that – character and then he kind of meets a chump's ending in return of the jedi but you know but to <laughs> wilhelm me, scream yes exactly <laughs> but to me it was always like well if that's fine right it, it doesn't i i have no real i have no real like interest or um care for this character but i'll go into it optimistic because mm-hmm. i thought that i thought that john favreau and dave filoni did a really nice job with the with the Mandalorian and taking like I you know Matt I know you have much more interest in the concept of Mandalorians than I do yeah and yet I love that show and I thought that show struck the right balance especially in the wake of the rise of Skywalker it struck the right balance of the Star Wars I wanted to see mm-hmm. you know um so I felt like well these guys are doing good work and you know there's not. There's not a lot of Boba as an adult 
for us to look back on. So maybe mm-hmm. the story could be he was a shitty teenager. And to be fair, which of us wasn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, then, yeah. and then he grew up into something that was a little bit more interesting. So I, I, was, I was hopeful for it. Um, but and, and I, I want to hear what you guys think, but I just want to get this out of the way first. My main thought of this show has been, why does this exist? And this is so boring. <laughs> Do you have similar thoughts on the show? I, I, I tend to agree. I, I keep watching, you know, thinking, waiting for more. And these first four episodes have all felt like introductory episodes to me when I watch yes. them. I feel like they keep introducing the character, trying to build up Boba Fett as a character, but I'm not sure I still have a firm handle on who Boba Fett is. And you're an English teacher, so you have a really good sense of like building character and introducing character and all of that. And so when hearing you say that makes me feel better about my dumb shit read of it. Because like I, you know, I just feel like so much of this series Well, first of all, I think maybe there should have been a movie about him getting out of the Sarlacc pit to the Mandalorian. Instead of having four episodes with their half flashbacks, maybe that should have been its own thing first. And then we get a second movie that would be the story of him becoming the the Daimo of Mos Espa. Because to me, those are very different stories, and I felt they were clumsily stitched together. True. Matt, what do yeah. you think of this? I, uh, I love them. Really? I love the first four episodes <laughs> and could have fast-forwarded to the end of the fifth one. Um, wow. I love what the character of Boba Fett is now. Um, I loved the uh, one of my least favorite devices in all of television is the flashback, which is why I just cannot get through Lost, regardless of how good you say it is, Um, because that show is 80 percent flashback. It's never Uh, been easy, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for Liz. Thank you. Um, So. It uh, I and I love all the Tuscan Raider pieces. I love the larger, like anthropological pieces of it. But again, that's the stuff that I love about Star Wars. I like the incoherent analog technology. I like the budding up of different races and um, all of that. I. I like the slower parts, not okay, not the slow speed chase, like the literal slow part. Um, <laughs> but I I liked those slow things because they, I don't know, they appeal to what I enjoy of Star Wars is just the really weird niche corners, and that's what this felt like. And I I liked the um, Tuscan Raider um, mm-hmm. humanizing them and learning about them and how they brought Boba into the fold and he became, you know, a Tuscan Raider. But then I, I feel like he almost abandoned what he learned from them in, in some sense. Like when he went to get his ship and just 
shot all of the um, bikers. I, I I felt like he, you know, it, when it came to killing all of them, it didn't, it felt almost out of character from what Boba had learned from the Tusken Raiders. I, I don't know. It just felt like all of those pieces were individual and then didn't link up together. Like I liked those individual pieces, but then there was no connection. Like I like that Boba is building this, maybe, you know, crime syndicate or he's building, you know, this group together, this sort of found family. But I don't know. Then when he met with all the other um, families and he came up with this idea and they rejected it, he was like, well, how about just this other thing? (laughs) I, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to portray him in a very positive or smart light. Like, I don't get the impression that Boba is very intelligent. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that could be a fun thing. Like, if if, if, most often we get a TV show built around a smart, charismatic leader. If we have a show built around a derp, that's kind of fun. Like, that's (laughs) – I'm not opposed to that idea, right? Um, So, Matt, I I, – I don't disagree with what you said in certain aspects. I don't mind it being slow. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it being um I mean like I love Better Call Saul. I don't know if either of you watch Better Call Saul, but like any stuff with the character Mike Ermintrout on that show is very methodical, very mm-hmm. paced, very considered, very deliberate, and I love that. I eat that shit up. <laughs> My problem with this is I feel like everything is a half measure. So there are so many, to me, very simple solutions. And I don't want to pretend I'm a, uh, that I know better than these writers. I don't. But I feel like the Boba Fett that we see today is so different than the Boba Fett we saw before the Sarlacc pit. And there's been no explanation Agreed. as to why. We kind of get a, I'm a changed man. Okay, well, what happened that made you a changed man? He never articulates it. He never says, my experience in that did this to me. It's never said, the Sarlacc pit is known to poison and change the brain chemistry. Like, there's so many things they could say that would just give us a better sense of why this character is all of a sudden this way. And we've mm-hmm. got none of that. That's that's honestly my biggest problem, is mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Like, one of the nice things about the Mandalorian's Boba Fett was that you got the sense that this is not the Boba we've seen before. And you're thinking then, okay, what happened to get this Boba to where we are now? And mm-hmm. now we've seen literally everything that happened, and we still don't know the answer to that question. To me, that's just bad writing. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think what they their simple answer just isn't maybe satisfying enough is that he's tired of working for shitheads. He's going to make his own calls. And he is going to take his life into his own hands in the same way that the Tuscan Raiders determine their fate. He's going to determine his fate. And I think that that's totally fair. And I think that there's a way they could have articulated that that would have made sense. Yeah. In a way that isn't just like what I don't understand is so he wants to be the, the head of this crime family, but he wants to run it in a way that is fair which isn't crime. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's those sorts of things that bug me. Just the the incongruity of what he wants to do versus what he says he's doing. And it would be mm-hmm. one thing if somebody said to him, like, 
Fennec has said a couple of times, like, why are you doing it this way? And his answer is always just like, because this is the way I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so th- th- there, there's not a lot of time to get into his head about stuff. There's not a lot of yeah. time to understand why he is doing this. And I just feel like if you're going to build a show around somebody, you have to give the audience some sort of sense as to why they are doing the things they're doing. See, I the, – the best – analog i can have for him and i don't know how many again the venn diagram of our listenership are people who who have watched one piece he's very much monkey d luffy (laughs) in the fact where he's doing his own thing and he in his mindset there's a very clear determiner of people he's an adversary with people that are worth his time fighting and people that are beneath his time fighting and I think in his head, he's not going to spill blood that doesn't need to be spilled, but he'll kill when he needs to kill. Fennec wants to kill every problem, but then you don't get, um, I don't remember the dark Wookiee's name now. Um, Black, uh, Black, Black, yeah. Yeah. Um, on your side, you don't get the biker gang. Like it's this, there is a charisma to him that I think they could definitely have played up. I think we're supposed to assume it because Fennec joins him, the bikers join him, the ranker likes him, the um, Even, Sam people respect yeah. him. So there, there, there's supposed to be something about him that just like emanates. But again, the, I don't think the show does a great job of showing that necessarily. Um, but that might be what episode six, where he's able to bring these fighters together and do something. I don't, I don't know what. I'm pretty um, sure you're thinking of episode seven. I'm pretty sure next week is another Mandalorian episode. Oh, is there, is there seven episodes? There's seven I, episodes. Yes. I'm, oh, okay. I'm curious because it, what do you think? Because Mando says he's going to go see about Grogu. Yeah. Do you think? All I know is that Dave Filoni wrote and directed the episode next week Mm. and that he's going to see Grogu. And so I think next week is the backdoor Ahsoka pilot. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I I think the the issue with this was naming this Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Like looking at it long term, you're like, oh, I mean, this is Mandalorian season 2.5. Right. Um, (laughs) But maybe we could have just done this side piece with I'm glad we're done pretending that they aren't fucking psychopaths of Mandalorian cultists. Um, (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Go ahead, Liz. I I was going to say part of what Matt said too, in terms of Boba Fett's, you mentioned charisma. I, I like Fennec Shand as a character, but I feel like she and Boba are very similar in that they're both very just like, I'm trying to think of the right term, like straight man characters. They don't have the same interplay. Like, let's say, um, again, I know we're not going to get into it, but like Din um, and uh, Amy Sedaris's character have, or, you know, Din and, you know, Grogu. It's just, it's tough, I feel, to get to know Boba almost separate from Fennec because they're both the same. Like when Fennec had that one joke, oh no, when Boba had that one joke, like don't touch my buttons, Mm -hmm. it just didn't, 
I, I don't know. It just didn't play off well because they're both sort of the same personality-wise. So I completely agree with that. I also think that there's a real missed opportunity here in giving – so, you know, let me back up here. We met Fennec Shand in season one of The Mandalorian. We saw her again in season two of The Mandalorian. We know the broad strokes of the character. She shows up in The Bad Batch. So we, we have the broad strokes here. But we have no idea what makes her tick. And I understand that it's hard in a third or fourth appearance for a character for her to just say out of the blue, like, here's the things that interest me. I like pottery. I like, you know, like, it's, it's hard to do that with a character. But when she and Boba, like, when she's getting healed up and she's sitting with Boba and Boba's talking to her, you could have given her a monologue for 45 seconds that gives a, a basic history of who she is and makes us care about her. Because the only thing that I can say about Fennec Shand is that she's badass. Mm. She and is... Hot. And well, yeah, and hot, sure. Um, that goes without saying, I thought. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's... I, I feel like she is the walking embodiment of who Boba was in Empire. Mm -hmm. Just this badass person that, that's shrouded in mystery. And if you want to keep her shrouded in mystery, that's one thing. But they're not even doing that. They're walking this line where, like, she's humanized, but you still don't know who she is. And th that is my problem with this whole series. This just feels to me like I – mean, the other part of this is – so. I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here, but I think you guys will understand what I'm talking about when I get to the end of it. So currently in Detective Comics, the flagship Batman comic, DC Comics, there's a storyline. And the first storyline, you're thrown in the middle of this action. They're in this tower and it's burning. And they have to get people out of it. It's action-packed, really good story. And the next four weeks are bringing you up to that point in the story. It's showing you how the tower went on fire. And the older I get, the less I give a shit about how the tower is on fire. Like, <laughs> I want stories that move things forward and do mm -hmm. new things. And I feel like every flashback we got that wasn't about the Tusken Raiders specifically was stuff we didn't need. Like, I think when you watched that episode of The Mandalorian Season 2 where Boba and Fennec are together... Your mind goes, oh, we saw somebody approaching Fennec at the end of that episode. That must have been Boba. He got her, he partnered with her now, and now they're partners. Okay, I understand that. Why did I need 25 minutes of something I already figured out exactly? Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that he got her, uh, you know, mechanical belly. I didn't know that. But <laughs> otherwise, I figured that all out. Why does that matter? Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, the stuff with the Tuscan Raiders, I really like it because I think it does humanize them, like Liz said, and I love that it's bringing in this, like, Maori culture that is uh, Tamura Morrison's background. I think that's really cool. I think it's great to make Star Wars feel less like just, you know, white American European stuff and have it feel more like, you know, make the universe feel more like the diverse world that we actually live in. I think all that is really great. I love the use of sign language. As, as the way they communicate. And I think all that stuff is really clever, really good, and I want more of the Tusken Raider stuff. But that's not what this show is supposed to be. This show is supposed to be about Boba Fett. And what did that stuff tell us about Boba Fett? Well, it tells us that he has no personality of his own, and he's like a mushroom where you put it in a stir-fry, and it accepts the flavor of whatever's around it. Like, when he's around the Tuscans, he becomes a Tuscan. When he's around 
Din, he becomes a Mandalorian again. When, like, you know, like, these are just, to me, he's just such a nothing character. It's very hard for me to give a shit. And I mm. want to give a shit. I'm the guy who I, wants to. I know. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, Matt, do you think that there is... I'm sorry, Liz, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, you first. Nope, nope. I don't play this game all day. I know, but I really didn't have anything significant to say. Okay. I promise. Okay. Um, Matt, do you think that there's going to be any more Star Wars stuff with Tusken Raiders anytime soon? Or is this the only thing they're going to get? Because I don't see, personally, how you do too much more with them. But I want no. more with them. I don't I don't think we're going to see more with them. I was happy to see them touched on again after we saw them in season one of Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. um, oh, we saw them in season one of Mandalorian. We also saw them in Visions. Yes. Um, so I think they're going to start to be integrated into other things. I don't think we're going to see anything standalone with them, though. Yeah, I just don't I don't, I don't think do they're, they have enough legs for that. Just, yeah. just like we had to learn that Jawas fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that they fucked not just other Jawas, but <laughs> whatever they can get theirs. their little hands on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think they're just bringing more into the repertoire, which does go into one complaint that I agree with with the internet, is Tatooine is introduced to us as the farthest thing from the center of the universe, but is clearly the most important planet ever <laughs> yep even though it, it's it is basically uh said in every star wars movie tatooine this place is a piece of shit and yeah yet everything keeps happening there yeah <laughs> it's where all the action is yeah even the uh even the slug twins are like this place is shit anyway you can keep it yeah exactly <laughs> um so i i do like the fact that we're getting like you know, we're getting more Star Wars stuff that maybe people are familiar with. If you read the comics, read the books, watch the Clone Wars, I like that more of that stuff is coming to light in the live action Star Wars because, as much as I may enjoy a lot of that stuff, I think for the average Star Wars fan, they're never going to dive that deep. So, like, um, the Wookiee, whose name I forgot again, Liz, what is it? Kersantan. Yeah, Black Kersantan he is from the Marvel Star Wars comic. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool to see him integrated into the show. It's cool to see more with the Tusken Raiders. It's cool to see the other huts. Like, if you've never seen a, a, an episode of The Clone Wars, you may not be aware that there are other huts that are hanging around, right? They, these are these are things that are good. I, I love bringing the pikes into it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, And mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of sort of connective tissue with Solo in this show. Mm -hmm. uh, both with the pikes, I feel like that. I feel like there was that train chase that was almost the exact same thing as the train chase from Solo, <laughs> but just ones on sand and ones on snow. Yeah. Um. But you know, my my issue with Solo, even though I, I enjoy Solo, my issue with Solo is the same thing as my issue with this: is that I don't know what Solo taught us about the character we're supposed to be learning about in that movie. Um. And so I, I sort of feel similarly about about this show. Um, but let's do this. Let's take a break, and then I want to get into 
episode five because I'm interested to see why Matt wasn't interested, and I'm interested mm-hmm. to see sort of what we think is going to happen for the last two episodes of the show. So stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back. So, uh, Matt, was your dislike of episode five because it wasn't a Boba Fett episode? Uh, a little partially. Partially, it. I did not like that it did not tie back to the main story until the final moments. Mm-hmm. But I, even if we were to rate it as a Mandalorian episode, I thought it was very slow and purposeless. It just, it, it, it just felt like belly aching for Grogu. Like it, I don't, I hope this is not what we have to look forward to is just him looking out, a glass spaceport waiting for his little friend to be in the ship behind him. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it did not feel exciting to me the way that it did for a lot of other people in the world. Um, I just was not, was not there for it. I'm not entirely sure why. I just think it wasn't clicking for me. So I'm going to agree with some of what you said. I'm going to push back on some of what you said. Mm-hmm. I I think this would be a lower tier Mandalorian episode, like a bottom third Mandalorian episode. But I also think that this is doing a favor to season three of the Mandalorian. Okay, I think that this is essentially the coda to season two. So when season two ends, I forgot until I started reflecting on it how many questions are out there at the end of season two of the Mandalorian. Like, so he is he's without his mask a fair amount. Right, so is he going to go back to the Mandalorians that he was from, where that would be considered terrible? He has this clear attachment to Grogu. He lets him go, but he's not really letting him go. Um, he has the dark saber. Does Bogatan challenge him for that? Uh, there are all these questions that are there. This answers all of those questions, and I think him. Like, the big question everybody kept asking is like, will Grogu be a part of season three? And I think this allows him to see Grogu. And for us to answer the question definitively, will he be back for Grogu in season three or no? And okay. so I think that this does all the work to set us up for where the Mandalorian season three could be its own thing. I have an idea about what that own thing is going to be, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Liz, okay. what did you think of the episode? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with the fact that um, this wouldn't be the best Mandalorian episode. And I think that perhaps the book of Boba Fett has to suffer a little bit in order to set up the next season of the Mandalorian. But I will tell you that when uh, Mando lit up that dark saber, I yelled out, Oh fuck. Yes. In my living room, (laughs) because I guess I was just looking forward to some sort of excitement after these first (laughs) four episodes of Boba Fett. 
I know it was the, the best. Sorry, go ahead, man. Oh, go, go. No, Brian, you can. The best part of the whole episode to me was that it wasn't on fucking Tatooine the whole time. We got yeah. actual space and, in Star Wars. And that felt, <laughs> yeah. that felt like a relief. There, was, there It wasn't all sand. Yes. Um. Do you hate sand? Yeah. What was that? Do you hate sand? Um, not I. <laughs> no, that's a reference to episode two. That's something it's, dumb it's Anakin says. It gets yeah. everywhere. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I did really enjoy the episode, and I, I, I agree, Brian, that it set up, I, I think, a lot of things for the Mandalorian, and I think it also set up maybe some, you know, interesting things for. Din in terms of you know where he's at now he's got some more you know conflict um he's been i don't know excommunicated in some sense maybe the best word Mm -hmm. um you know from his uh group of two there Mm -hmm. um and he's got some well there were three of them all together i guess i'm not good with numbers um you know and he's got some decisions to make um, and I, I thought it was interesting the fact that uh, the reason why he wasn't able to, you know, wield the dark saber. Um, and I have some maybe thoughts about that mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a lot of fun to give. Like, I, one of the problems with Din as a character is he's just so fucking good at everything. <laughs> that like you know he's just he's he's great at everything he does and so showing that he's not great with the dark saber was really good to me like that's a that's an important character bit for him i think i think also seeing him in comparison to boba fett is interesting he's not smooth at all he's actually kind of naive in some ways mm-hmm. he feels like a young a little bit more bumbling and on his own is very helpless where Boba Fett on the other hand is rather charismatic can thrive in um, solitude and is able to like lift himself up. It's interesting to see that. Um, And I think the interesting piece about the um, like passion that he has inside of him, alienating him from the other Mandalorians is interesting. So it's, uh, so that, that I think is maybe the dynamic they were trying to set up. Maybe that's the whole point of bringing Boba Fett back into it is to give a foil, which is interesting because they look exactly alike, except one looks like he's made out of tinfoil. So (laughs) (laughs) what I'll say, Matt is I, I think that in a way, Din was really self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And then Grogu kind of opened... Uh, this is going to sound so cheesy. I'm warning everybody. Grogu, like, opens his heart. Yeah. And and now he can't be that way anymore. I, I also, mean, it's not cheesy when he has a ship literally built as a tandem <laughs> bike for the two of them. Right, exactly, yes. Um, or, or just taking bounties on children. I don't right. really know well, how I, that ship fits his needs at all. <laughs> I noted that in my review. Like, unless there's a cargo hold we don't know about, this is a very <laughs> bad ship for a bounty hunter. Um, but what I was going to say is uh, the next season is going to kind of be like <laughs> Din's Rumspringa. Where like he's left the cult now and he gets to go live and listen to rock music and pierce his ear. No. Like it's going to be. But so, so do you not think he's going to go like bathe in the waters under Mandalore as is the way 
of the cult that hasn't existed for more than a couple of years to begin with. So weird how they have such codified rules. Well, so I would say that those codified rules come from before the Siege of Mandalore. But those rules weren't a thing even with that splinter group on the moon. Unless they were a cult of warriors within the exiled cult of warriors, which they might have been, they might have been too crazy even for the exiles on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, like these, the, this stuff doesn't make sense at all. Well, okay, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I will also say that I feel like the cults that have the most extreme rules are splinter groups. Okay. Right. Like, like so. They, so th- th- this is Death Watch extreme. Yes. Yes. I could, yeah, I could see that. Like, this is you know uh, that you you keep getting like you you know there's the main group and then a group is too extreme for that group and then there's a group that's too extreme for that group and it's you and so once you get down to like the purely refined shit house crazy that's where we find this group right where it's like it's just mm-hmm. it has been it has been stripped of all logic. And it's just that that's what's left. Um, but yeah, so that's – and I do think that there's a, there's a chance that the next season is him trying to – well, so here's the thing. He is technically the ruler of Mandalore, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, does he have to be able to wield the sword that he can't wield despite the fact that a lot of other people have welded it easily? I don't. Um... I think that's on purpose. I, I I think that he saw like, for instance, Moff Gideon wield it and thought it would be easy, and it's not. Yeah, because my yeah. thing, like, oh, it, so it was built by a Jedi. It does have a Kyber crystal. Maybe it needs to resonate with the people. But we've seen good and evil people use that blade just fine. See, I I don't I, know. I don't know why now it's starting to feel heavy and unwieldy. Again, I think it's because he's not really a Mandalorian anymore. Mm-hmm. But Mandalorians oh. aren't the only ones that have used that. No, but Maul he, had it for a while. But but he's he is not comfortable in his own skin. Okay. Like they keep they keep saying you have to fight. You're you're fighting against the weapon. Like I, I but think I but wouldn't wouldn't Vizsla Junior have been able to wield it then? Why did he have trouble? He's just evil to the core. It yeah, I don't would know. seem. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, so what I was going to say is I feel like part of the third season may be him trying to reestablish Mandalore. Okay. Um, and, and maybe he does want Ooh. to bathe, like, in the waters of Mandalore and purify himself, whatever, in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, to quote Purple Rain for a second here. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know. Like, to me, when he asked about Bo-Katan and they talk about how Bo-Katan is this, like, She's a cautionary tale. You get the sense he doesn't agree with that. You get the sense that mm-hmm. he sees Bo-Katan as another path, and I think that he is going to try to unite Mandalore. That's that's an old EU story, the call of the Mandalore. There is one true Mandalorian who can call back all of the um, children of Mandalore at the right moment. Mm-hmm. This is back before Mandalore was a planet, and then a pacifist planet. And then a blown up pacifist planet, right? And an exile moon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could that could that could be cool. That could be yeah. cool. Yeah. And along with that, I keep thinking about how when they were talking about Grogu and how you know with the Mandalorians' attachment 
you know, is the way, but with Jedi, you know, you're, you're not supposed to form attachments. Um, Wit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, and again, you know, Mando wants to go see Grogu and, you know, it, ultimately, I guess to me, you know, who better to help Din uh, figure out, clear his mind, um, figure out what's going on with that dark saber in some mm-hmm. way. I don't know if that's just wishful thinking, but, um, and again, you know, we have these two different, you know, people with two different points of view. I don't know what's going on with Grogu, but, you know, Mandalorian and, well, not yet Jedi perhaps, mm-hmm. but these two different people with two different points of view. I don't know. But, it, but it'd be interesting because the two, Je- the only two Jedi that we know exist right now are Luke and Ahsoka, and both of them very much find their power and path through connection and through emotion. What I was going to say is I wonder if um, if both of them realize that they are not (laughs) – we're not your daddy's Jedi. We're not your daddy's Mandalorians. Like that, they, they represent like a next evolution of, um, you know, of of what these two groups were. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't really know much about Luke's position as st- from starting the New Jedi Order. Like all we know is that it failed, but we we don't know if he if he was still sticking on the anti. Um, attachments thing, or if that kind of came and went a little bit, we have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. So here is my question for you guys: Are we going to see Luke next week? Uh oh. I don't know. My my initial initial reaction is no i i almost think we won't see grogu either next week i was thinking that i'm thinking no but he has that little baggie of armor i know tied up to look like grogu you're right i know see here's i mean a a lot a lot of metal was lost in conversion of spear to armor (laughs) um It the was. mithril chain that he now has in a baggie just doesn't seem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I, I want that story to continue, but it seems like we're just eating up so much of the book of Boba Fett at the expense of the Mandalorian. Well, so here is, I, I have two thoughts on one hand. I could see season episode six, rather opening up with, Din landing back on on Tatooine, having gone and seen Grogu. But I also think that people would be so mad <laughs> with the way that this seems to set up a reunion for next week if they don't get that reunion. Mm-hmm. Now, I also is- feel like you could have put a little more time between him yes. handing him off and him needing to see him. It's been, it can't be more than a, what, a couple of weeks? No, I think it's, I, I think we're supposed to believe it's been longer than that. Okay. Because also, this is running into a real uh, law and order issue, 
where they're jumping six months to a year and I have no idea what time anything is. Well, yeah, so here's I, the thing. We, I'm, I'm sorry, Liz. Go ahead. I was just going to say I've been having an issue with figuring out time. Yeah, well, so I, here, here is to my best guess how it worked. So I don't know how long Boba was actually in the Sarlacc pit for or how long he was actually with the Tuscans for, but Return of the Jedi is set six years before season one of The Mandalorian. So you figure all of that time was spent with the Tuscans, more or less. He finds Fennec Shand, blah, blah, blah. When we last see him, we last see them helping Din and Grogu. And then we see them taking over Jabba's palace. But that doesn't mean that that happened concurrently or even close by. That could have theoretically been five years later. I'm not saying it was, but we have no indication as to when that actually happened. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're about a year out from the end of the last Mandalorian season. That would be my guess. Okay. Um, because you figure Mandal- uh, Din had to track down the other Mandalorians. He didn't know where they were. Mm-hmm. So he, he is had to that find the them. information he was getting? Is how to get yes to the okay yes how to get where they were in the halo okay it's a halo <laughs> yeah. right right yeah yeah I don't I don't play video games but I know yep. I know a halo when I see one okay <laughs> um so here is my big question okay and I wrote about this in my review today at multiversitycomics.com. read it please um imagine for a second that the Book of Boba Fett were individual episodes produced the way films are produced. So you make one, you release it, you see the reaction, and then you make a second one. I don't understand why... Uh, no, let me back up. I under, If that was the case, after four episodes of people not being happy, I understand why they said, shit, we gotta pull the Mandalorian ripcord here. And get people back interested in this show because people are tuning out really quickly. But that's not how this works. This was all shot, produced, and edited before a single episode was aired. So did they know that there wasn't seven episodes worth of story here? And realize, like, oh shit, we're, we're light some episodes here. Let's bring Mando back. Like, I just, I don't understand why this was designed this way. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really I, make I, sense to me. No. I. Because is Mando important enough to the end battle? Uh, that's what I'm interested in seeing. What you, who you guys think the lineup is going to be on the Boba Fett versus the Pike side? Um, mm-hmm. But, like. Did you need a whole episode to set that up or two episodes to set that up? I don't think so. I think you're just trying to tell two stories at once for no reason. Right. And introduce it like this is a flashback again to characters we've just seen. Right, right. I don't understand. the the old guy in the X-Wing is like, I remember that voice. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you just saw him on an ice planet three weeks ago. What are you talking about? Cool fact, the other X-Wing pilot is the actor who stood in for Mark Hamill um, when they filmed Luke's return scene. Oh. oh. I like okay. that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. It's, it's fun to give to let the guy's face be shown on, on TV. Yeah. Um, but uh, to answer your question, Matt, I, I think the people that we're going to see lining up, it's going to be obviously, it's the Wookiee, it's Fennec, it's the, the, the Scooter Gang, 
Um, <laughs> oh, the, mech, the mech scooter gang. Uh, I it, hate them. <laughs> you hate them. You love this show. Uh, you know. And then it's gonna and then it's gonna be Mando. I wonder if Mando's gonna bring anybody back with him. Although they better yeah. have their own ship or else they're sitting like on top of his lap as he drives. So <laughs> um, dangerous high school uh, level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like yeah. Joy, high school joy riders. Um but yeah, hmm. I, I can't I can't get over feeling like this is three different shows in one. This is yeah. the flashback show for mm-hmm. Boba Fett. This is the current Boba Fett show, and this is a Mandalorian mid season show. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know if I I feel the same way about it. If it, I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett more, or if it was going differently, I I don't know. It it just does feel unwieldy and all over the place. Yeah, I mean, did did they assume everyone would just be okay seven weeks into it when we watch Boba Fett ride a rancor down Moss Eisley streets? Mm. <laughs> did, did they just not have a lot of time? I I can't imagine that's the case. They they stopped. They were done filming Boba season two. I mean, I mean Mando season two before lockdown happened. Mm, okay. So I and again, like if they don't get, I just don't understand why this wasn't like I said a Boba Fett movie on Disney Plus yeah. of of the of the flashback stuff, then a Mandalorian special. And then a Boba Fett like second movie or something. I mean, it could have been all one. It could have been an El Camino, like a little bit of flashback, little fast forward, and then we're done. I you yeah. wouldn't have been able to have the Mandalorian stuff in it, right? Um, but if you really wanted to put out like a like a Christmas special hour and a half Mandalorian episode, just do that. Well, that's that's what also, I don't it's understand. Disney Plus. You can do whatever the well, fuck you want. That's my point, right? They don't have to worry about the network saying like, "Oh, we really don't have time for that special." Like, they'll do whatever you want them to do, right? This is this is Star Wars. They'll do whatever. You make, you make the rules. Yes, you make the rules. Yeah, so I I definitely agree with that. It just this whole thing seems very ill conceived. Now we're gonna come back in two weeks and talk about the finale and talk about what the future is for this show if we feel there is a future for this show. But before we get to that. I just want a prediction from each of you here for the question oh I'm about to ask. At the end of this series, do you think that we – at the end of season one, rather, do you think that we will be asking for a second season of Book of Boba Fett? Is there a way this show sticks the landing so that we want to see what's next? Or do you think at the end of this we're all going to feel like that was fine for what it was, but we're good being done? Well, um, maybe if there are some unexpected um, bad guys that show up, um, <laughs> that'll stick the landing. Is there a chance that Kira could show up? I don't know. Maybe that would stick the landing for me. Uh, f- f- former podcast guest uh, Zach Wilkerson, my DC Three Cast co-host, and I are making a bingo card mm-hmm. for next for the for the. F- next two episodes uh, on the bingo card are Kira, Ahsoka, Rex, Omega, Crimson Dawn, Luke, Han, um, Cad Bane, Bo-Katan, Ooh. and Hera from, Re- from Rebels. Those are... How, those are... how is Afra not on there? Oh, Afra's a good call. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll add I, 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 I would... Uh, I wouldn't bet money. Actually, I might 
because this is the second year in a row that they're winning the award from Glad for yeah. Dr. Afra. It mm. might be time to see her in person. As yeah. awful of a character as I think she is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know if just jamming more characters in there will, be, will stick the landing or not. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think yes, because I think we're going to end episode seven with um, Boba riding the Rancor down the street, eating pikes. We have the biker gang. We have Fennec. We have the Mandalorian. We have probably Bosk, maybe. Uh, maybe Captain, maybe Afra. Um, ooh, if we have Afra, then we can have Triple um, Zero and B1. Is that the other one? The evil versions of yes. R2-D2 yes, and C-3PO. Yes. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff they could bring in, even if it's just for cameo purpose. Because I think we have a lot of money. Don't worry. I'll get us help. Let me give money to the one guy we both know. Seems <laughs> not the best plan. <laughs> like, the two of them collectively know, like, that's it. Boba Fett has seen three people since he got out of the Sarlacc pit. One of them dressed exactly like him, and he argued him for his armor. Like, I don't... <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to bring in other factions. That'd be great. Will we see, like, the Jedi or maybe the Grey Jedi with Ahsoka, Ezra? Oh, Ezra we haven't found yet. That's going to be the Ahsoka show, I think right? that's the Ahsoka assuming? show, yes. Okay. Uh, although, I wonder if we get... Um, Sabine? Sabine, yeah. Because if we're able to bring in the actual Mandalorians, because Boba Fett does seem interested in the Mandalorian proper, um, you could see him bringing in. That would be cool. That would be a nice way to introduce this idea of Mandalore coming together is by introducing now we've seen Bo-Katan bringing in House Ren, maybe House Rao. Um, That'd be cool. I just want—I want to see Bosk. We've got—we got to come on. <laughs> is Bosk alive at this point? Yeah, we just saw him in the comics. That's true, but that was—I that mean, was, I, between... I did not finish the Bounty Hunter series. They might have killed him off. No, they didn't. Uh, we okay. we got to talk about that at some point too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it ended tying it into the Bad Batch, right? No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like I thought it would. Nope. Uh. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I had a bad idea. It happens. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Um, all right. Well, any closing thoughts on the first five episodes of the Book of Boba Fett? Well, um, be, being smart about who you execute doesn't make you less of a man. That's what I have to say. <laughs> mm. all wise, right? wise word. The, yeah, the internet can suck it. Not killing the Wookiee, smart. So, I don't. I I I think it's going to end in a place where people will be happier with it. That that's my hope. I think you're right about that. I I, I think that it's going to be a more or less. I think people are going to look back on it in a in a better sense after the finale is here. But I don't know if we will ever necessarily get people. So excited that they're going to want more of this. Mm. Mm. That's a interesting distinction. 
Yeah, and and, and we'll see. Um, I'm trying to remember, Matt. Do you remember the name of the of the Tuscan Raider who was the the female Tuscan Raider? Mm-mm. I feel like she. We we don't we don't see her killed. You you see her staff get thrown into the fire. But we never see her though, do we? No, but I thought that was symbolic. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe she is still there. Yeah, a lot of speculation on her. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's why I, I was curious. I'm trying to I'm trying to fill out our bingo card here. So yeah, we need two more characters to fill out our bingo card. <laughs> anyway, I I will tweet out this bingo card. So listeners, uh, if you look at app Brian needs an app, you'll find that bingo card. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. We will return in two weeks to talk about the finality of the Book of Boba Fett. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Thank you.